What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, so time to go over running back starts and sits. We've got four teams on by this week, so every position is going to be a little bit weaker. As always, if I don't answer a specific question, that's okay. I've got full rankings for every single scoring format on my website, thefensefootballadvice.com, and there is a link in the description to a free game-by-game -game breakdown as well, which will definitely help answer your questions. So with that, let's start things off with tonight's game, Commanders at Bears. Of course, they're going to show us the lowest total game of the week on Thursday night. That's just what they do. This game has a very, very low 38-point total, Bears one-point home favorites. For the Commanders, Brian Robinson was on a snap count in his return last week, but the touch split was nine carries and zero targets for Robinson, three carries, four targets for Gibson, zero carries, seven targets for McKissick. So 12 total running back carries is far too small a sample to really go off and know what they're going to do long term. But it's encouraging to see Robinson get 75% of them in his first week back. If he maintains that level of workload, he'll be a weekly must start at some point. I think that's a tad optimistic to think it happens this week, especially in such a bad game environment. My projections right now have him getting 53% of the running back carries with slightly more work at the goal line because we know they want him to be the short yardage back. The real question is the targets. This backfield is going to be a mess. If we get two running backs, McKissick and Gibson, kind of splitting the targets with Robinson getting most of the early down work with then no targets. Ideally, you're able to just sit all the commanders running backs this week, see what they do, see if it's the same split as last week, see if they can you know get a little bit more running back volume because last week, I mean, 12 total running back carries is not that many. Just kind of see what happens. Maybe we can get a positive game script here. It's a one-point spread, so really either team could be ahead. Uh, but yeah, I would say the most ideal outcome is you bench all of them, see if Robinson's role can grow, and maybe we have confidence in him moving forward. If you have to start one, my favorite would be Robinson, then Gibson, then McKissick. But again, they're all very, very low-end plays this week. I'd say Robinson is your best like hope for a touchdown play, and he'd be the one I would prefer out of all of them. For the Bears, Montgomery comes back last week. He commands 12 carries, 4 targets, and he out-touched Herbert 16-4. to four. We're basically right back to what we were at the beginning of the season, and it's basically what it always is when Montgomery's healthy. Herbert's just the like one of the, I don't want to say the best handcuff you can have, but one of like the three probably best handcuffs you can have in fantasy because when Montgomery's out, he's a must-start, and he's a really good running back, and I think they should be giving him more touches. But they love Montgomery, and so when Montgomery is healthy, you got to start Montgomery, and you can't start Herbert. They're just going to give Montgomery enough opportunities, especially in the receiving game. He is a much better receiving back than Herbert, and so you have that like baseline, but then also you give him all the other touches. I'd start Montgomery. Next up, we've got Vikings at Dolphins. Just an average 45.5 point total. Vikings, three-point road favorites, but I think that'll change. We now have Tua out. Teddy's probably out. I mean, I don't think he's going to return this week. So we've got like Skylar Thompson or something like that, whoever the back of the, the third-string quarterback is. The Dolphins, even playing at home. You have to imagine it's going to finish closer to like a four or a five-point spread. I think three is a little bit too small. Uh, regardless of what happens, though, 
for the Vikings. Always start Dalvin Cook, Madison, great handcuff for the Dolphins. We talked last week about how Mostert was getting more carries. It was very clear that they were shifting more workload to him. He's never going to be someone that commands, you know, five, six targets a game, but he was still getting passing game work. He was getting early down work. He's the one you want. That hit an extreme last week. Mostert played 46 snaps to Edmonds 10. He was given 21 total opportunities to Edmonds 3. That was kind of compounded by Edmonds. I think having like the two drops on two targets got benched after that. But definitely on the ground, they just prefer Mostert. Now, it's looking like, you know, with their third string quarterback, they're probably not going to be a positive game script, but they're obviously also not going to want to air the ball out. So they're going to want to play conservative. They're going to use Mostert on the ground. I think you can play Mostert. It's just that, like you'd prefer being a favorite. You would prefer, you know, just a better game environment. It's pretty unlikely that the Dolphins, you know, score 24, 27 points. It's probably more likely they score less than 20. And so if we're only looking at like two offensive touchdowns, we're looking at, you know, not really moving up and down the field. Like it could just turn into a very slow game, a very low volume game. And he might have, you know, 15, 16 carries, but only get you like seven fantasy points. So he's like a, a lower end option. I think a really low end running back two right now. He's my running back 25, but I'm also factoring in what the three point spread was. If that kind of moves to four or five points, if the game total drops a little bit, we're going to see the touchdown percentages in all players drop. And so we could see Mostert drop into like the 28-29 range, in which case, you know, in general, running back 28-29, you're not really starting. And then Edmonds, he's been running back 39. You're just not playing at this point. He's been running back 43 rest of the season. That might be droppable for many of you. Patriots at Browns is up next. 42.5 point total. Browns, three-point home favorites. For the Patriots. Damian Harris injured his hamstring last week. He should miss a few games. We don't know exactly how long, but he's definitely not playing this week. I'm not 100% sure when they're going to activate Ty Montgomery. He's eligible to come back this week. Uh, Belichick said that he doesn't think he's going to practice this week. It doesn't seem like he's coming back. So we're going to have Harris out. We're going to have Montgomery out. That's basically just going to have Stevenson being like a featured running back. Sure, they have Pierre Strong, but he's played three offensive snaps through five weeks. They obviously don't trust him yet. He's more of a long-term answer to maybe a pass-catching role. Like, we should see Stevenson getting 20 touches, 20-plus touches in this game. I don't think, you know, they're going to probably activate two of Strong, J.J. Taylor, and Kevin Harris, but none of them are players that are going to give a lot of workload over Stevenson. They'll mix in whoever they activate because they don't want to give Stevenson 30 touches, right? They already have Damian Harris hurt. They don't want to hurt Stevenson, but he's going to get all the touches he can handle. You're absolutely playing any running back with that expected volume. I do not care what the matchup is, and the matchup's not even terrible. He's at home. It's a win-a-bowl game for New England. I would say that the Browns should be favored, but New England could still win, and it's not like the Browns have like a... A defense we're really fearing on the ground. For the Browns, uh, you know, Chubb obviously must start. We don't need to go over that every week. It's not a good spot playing in New England, but he's Nick Chubb. He's having like 100 plus yards a game. You, you just play him. And then Kareem Hunt, I liked him more last week. Last week's game was much more likely to shoot out. There were more touchdowns go around, so his touchdown chances were elevated. He's still running back that gets like 13 to 15 total opportunities with like Anywhere from like two, three, maybe four of those coming in the receiving game. And that's like good volume to play at running back too. Just know that like 
Again, last week, that was a good chance of scoring for him. This week, definitely a lower chance of scoring. He could absolutely, he's cream hunt. He could score two, three touchdowns in a game. Uh, but obviously, I liked him more last week. I still think he's like a low end two this week. 49ers at Falcons is up next. 44.5 point total. 49ers, 5.5 point road favorites for the 49ers. Jeff Wilson continues to be capped around like 17 to 18 carries, maybe mixing in for a target or two. That's kind of where they want to stop giving him touches. They don't want him to exceed that total as a favorite against a really bad Falcons defense. I would say he's a relatively easy start at running back two this week. The one concern is who they have active. We had Tevin Coleman last week looking really good. He's running back they have history with. They like, they trust him. He's going to earn snaps and touches. But they also like Tyrion Davis-Price, and I would watch his status throughout the week. He looked last week like maybe he could make a return soon from, I believe it was the ankle injury. Uh, There were some clips of him running around. Looked pretty promising. I don't think that like it would be shocking if they activated him. And if all three running backs are active, we could see Wilson getting closer to like 15 or 16 touches, which doesn't seem like a huge drop off. But since his touchdown chances would drop, since you know there is a difference between having you know 18 carries and 15 carries, we could see his ceiling drop, his floor drop, and then he turns into a player that needs a touchdown, it wouldn't be as good of a play. So definitely keep an eye on that one. One thing I'll say, though, is that they've been capping his touches for health reasons. They've said publicly they don't think he can stay healthy if they push him past that like 17, 18 touches a week. So while bringing in more backs is obviously bad for him, it also could mean, well, like before they couldn't go too run heavy because they didn't trust anyone else. Well, if they trust other running backs now, what if they just keep Jeff Wilson around that like 16 or 18 touches and then they also just run the ball more using these other running backs? That's also a possibility. So we could just see them have elevated rush totals, which still leaves Wilson at the same total number, even if you bring on other running backs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when Davis Price does return, uh, but just watch the reports this week and I'll just adjust the rankings accordingly uh, and then you're not playing uh davis price or coleman this week unless you're in like a i guess in like a 14 or 16 team league if davis price is out you can maybe play coleman uh, but i would probably just bench both of those running backs for the falcons i don't think you need to play any of the running backs uh, you've got algier probably being the one you would want but it's a rough spot even playing at home you've got you know underdogs low total they're not projected to score that many points 49ers defense ranks first in rush defense DVOA, seventh in yards per carry allowed. I don't know. I feel like you have better running backs than a Falcons running back this week. Bucks at Steelers is up next. 43.5 point total. Bucks, 8.5 point road favorites for the Bucks. They're giving Rashad White more opportunities, which is great to see. But Fournette still had 14 carries. He commanded 11 targets. I believe had 10 receptions on those 11 targets. Scored the two touchdowns. Just like every week, he's a must-start. And I would just say the snaps, the touches, both increasing for White are great to see. And I think that's good to like keep Fournette healthy. And also, just like maybe at some point, White can have standalone value. But it's more, we now know they like White. They trust him. If Fournette goes down, White is you know a must-start. He's one of the highest upside handcuffs you can have. But he's only that. You can't actually play him right now. 
For the Steelers, Najee Harris has to be the most frustrating player in fantasy. He's down to 3.2 yards per carry in the season. He was only able to gain 36 scoreless yards on 14 touches last week. And they're also giving Jalen Warren more work every single week. And he's even like, this isn't like fluke work. This isn't work in like blowouts. Like obviously, last week was a blowout. But they're giving him more just like third down and like obvious passing down opportunities. And he looks good. Like Jalen Warren isn't some scrub they're trotting out there. Like he looks explosive. He looks better than Najee Harris at times. So you factor that in and you say the Bucks' run defense has allowed the third fewest yards per carry in the league. And then the Bucks' defensive line versus the Steelers' offensive line might be one of the biggest mismatches in the NFL this week. Like, it's not a good spot for Najee Harris. I have him projected for 13 carries and three targets, which is usually like kind of worth starting as a low end running back, too, especially in a week with buys. But it only grades out as a running back 20 this week. And, you know, I think that if you have other running backs that you feel comfortable with, I would be fine benching him. I don't think this is a situation where you're like, you know, I've got some scrub I picked up off for agency. Hopefully they can get me 10 and I'm benching Najee Harris. I would really only do it if you've got someone in that running back like 20 to 25 range that you do feel good about and you like the matchup. That's when I bench Harris. I wouldn't just bench him for someone who's not even doing anything else because it's still Najee Harris. He still has touchdown upside if they're ever going to score. He still has reception upside. He can still put together a good week. I just don't know if it's going to happen this week. So if you have an option you feel good about, I'm fine using them. Bengals at Saints is up next. This game has a 43.5 point total. Bengals are two-point road favorites. For the Bengals, I know he has been annoying, but you have to keep starting Joe Mixon every week. He should see around 17 to 20 touches, and he is the key piece to them finally like putting together the offense he needs to get going for defenses to respect the run and stop just like focusing on taking away Jamar Chase and the deep passing attack. Unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen this week. The Saints rank 10th in rush defense CVA, 4th in yards per carry allowed. So again, you're starting Mixon because he's going to get that opportunity. He's got good touchdown upside. Uh, I just wouldn't be expecting really a ceiling game this week. For the Saints, always start Kamara. Next up, we've got Ravens at Giants. This game has a 44.5 point total. Ravens, five point road favorites. For the Ravens, Dobbins is like a fringe play for me this week. Uh, he actually set a season low in touches and snap share last week. He had zero touches in the fourth quarter, he had only three touches after halftime. So they didn't use him much at all last week. And, you know, it's not because he suffered like a setback. Like there's no news of them being like, oh, you know, he had some soreness in the knee. That's why we held him out. And he actually, uh, there was a tweet that went around that basically was like, they should trade him because they're not using him properly. And Dobbins liked it. So like, he's obviously frustrated. Um, I don't know if anything's going to come of that, but you know, it was pretty funny to see. Uh, but yeah, they clearly, they don't want to overload him coming off the injury even though he's like clearly their best running back and he wants to be used. So interesting spot. Uh, he's got about a 60% chance of scoring this week, but he's going to be touchdown dependent. You know, he's a low end running back too. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's probably getting you single digit points and you're probably frustrated that you played him, you know, but he also has that like multi-touchdown upside that we saw a few weeks ago. For the Giants, always start Saquon. Easy one there. 
Jets at Packers is up next. 46-point total. Packers 7-point home favorites. Actually home this time, not in London. For the Jets, uh, we're at the point where Brees Hall is a weekly must-start and that Michael Carter is really just a desperation playing deeper formats. Brees Hall is very clearly better than Carter. He's getting a higher workload. He's more efficient. And that spread that, and like the difference between their touches is just going to grow every week. For the Packers, always start Aaron Jones. And then Dylan is like a lower end play for me this week. He doesn't project very well. And obviously, you know, it's going to be frustrating seeing him last week. He was efficient on the ground, but they only gave him six carries for, you know, like 30 something yards. Like he didn't have any opportunity. I'll say, though, like it's at least a good spot this week. And like you think about it, like two weeks ago, like I know he had six touches last week, but he had 18 touches the week before. So it's not like, you know, he's very far removed from a high touch game. And again, it's a good spot, like a touchdown home favorite in Lambeau against a Jets defense that ranks 19th in rush defense DVOA, 29th in yards per carry allowed. Like they're probably, again, we thought they'd have a good game strip last week and then they lose to the Giants somehow, but they should have a positive game script. They should score touchdowns. He should have high uh, touchdown expectations this week. I am forced to play him this week, so maybe I'm just being like optimistic. I have Damian Pierce. He's on by this week. I know many of you have Damian Pierce, so maybe you're in the same spot as me. But again, it's not a bad spot. I still think he should be treated as a running back too. However, if this week occurs, they win by, let's say, 10 points, they have a positive game script, and he has like nine carries for 50 yards and doesn't score with zero targets, now we're going to start to really reevaluate, be like, okay, he hasn't been targeted at all recently, he's not scoring the touchdowns, he's not getting the opportunity, even a positive game script, then we lower him. But I think we give him this like one last week as an opportunity. Again, only, he's been running by 27 right now, so you could look at that and be like, oh, I have you know three running backs that rank inside the top 25, I'm not even considering him this week, and that's totally fine. But I think if he is your highest ranked running back, which he is for me, unfortunately, this week, I think you play him. Next up, Jaguars at Colts, 42-point total, Colts 2.5-point home favorites. For the Jaguars, James Robinson has been awful this season aside from like three plays. He is not making it past the line of scrimmage very often, and when he does, he doesn't make it past three yards. Uh, and he's also seen his snap share drop in four straight games. It peaked in week two. It's gone down every week since. ETN has consistently looked like the better running back, and you have to think he's going to start getting more and more touches each week. I think ETN is one of the top trade targets right now, and I would be starting him as a running back to this week. This isn't a great matchup as a road underdog in a low total game against a strong defense, but ETN has enough receiving upside that I think he's still worth playing this week. Even if the rushing totals aren't there as much, he could still rack up, you know, three, four receptions for 30 or 40 yards because he's so efficient in the receiving game that he'll be worth starting. And as I kind of alluded to before with Robinson, probably prefer to bench Robinson moving forward. For the Colts, it really all depends on injuries. You're starting Jonathan Taylor if he's out there, like, there's no circumstance where Jonathan Taylor is starting in a week and you are not putting him into your starting lineup. If he's not out there, then it kind of depends on Hines, what's his status. If they're both out, you're probably just not playing anyone, but you would look to Lindsey and Jackson in like deeper formats. 
I think this is just like a watch the news and see how the rankings kind of adjust. But again, just just to be clear, I think it's actually possible Taylor returns this week. I think we'll learn a lot after I record this, like later in the day on Wednesday, and then also Thursday and Friday, we'll like really know his status. But if he's out there, play him. It's an easy one there. Four o'clock games kick off, and the four o'clock games on are definitely better. There are not very many good games on Thursday and then the one o'clock slate. Starting at 4 o'clock, we get some really good ones. And it starts off with the Cardinals at Seahawks. 51-point total. There's only two 50-point totals this week. Again, 51 points for this one. Cardinals, two-and-a-half-point road favorites. For the Cardinals, it seems like both Connor and Williams will be out. Daryl Williams was already ruled out this week. That one seemed obvious. Like, that one didn't look good. But then uh, Connor is, like, still iffy. They've said they're going to kind of let us know later in the week. I would say the indication is he's not going to play. They signed uh, Tyson Williams. They signed Corey Clement. Like, they're adding running backs. You know, it, again, seems like he's not going to play. If he's out, you've got Eno as the pretty clear top running back. Would be close to a featured running back. They'd really just activate these other ones in case Eno got hurt and to just, like, kind of spell him when he's tired. And so, you know against a Seahawks defense that is definitely worse against the pass, like the worst pass defense in the NFL, but they still rank below average and, you know, rush defense DVOA, yards per carry allowed. Uh, the Cardinals are still favored. It's a very high total game. Like, it's a great spot for Eno. So if you have him, if he's on for agency, get him, obviously. But if you've got Eno, um, I think you're playing him running back to this week if Connor is out. Uh, if Connor plays, we got to look at the reports because it's like, how banged up is he? How much do they expect him to play? Um, I'll adjust the rankings accordingly, but yeah, that one's one we can't really know right now. For the Seahawks, Penny's done for the year. Travis Homer is also injured right now, so the backfield will be Ken Walker and DJ Dallas. Walker should see 18 to 20 touches with the potential if this one is going really positively because it's only a two and a half point spread. Seahawks are at home. So if it's going well for Seattle, we could see Walker, you know, get 22, 23 touches in this game. Like, you're absolutely starting him as a high-end running back to this week. DJ Dallas is fine to play as, like, a desperation play in deeper formats, but it's Walker, and he's an absolute stud rest of the season. Panthers at Rams is up next. Very low, 40.5-point total. Rams, 10.5-point home favorites. For the Panthers, uh, we've got a new head coach. We've got a new quarterback this week, and they're playing in L.A., at the Rams. So obviously not a good spot. The thing is, the coach was trash before, so that can't get worse. The quarterback play was awful. That can't get worse. So very little has actually changed. It's just that, like it's probably not going to get better right away. Like I doubt in this first week PJ Walker is going to be some like god. I doubt they come out there and they're like, you know, phenomenal at calling plays now. Like it's probably just going to be really bad for the Panthers. But regardless, always start McCaffrey. For the Rams, it should be a good spot as a big-time home favorite, but for some reason, they love giving the ball to Akers for two yards instead of Henderson for four. Like, at least Henderson will get you four yards. Akers isn't doing anything, and yet they're still not using Henderson. I don't understand why. There's got to be some sort of reason, something Henderson did. But until that stops happening, and still they at least give some touches to Henderson on the ground, like, right now, they're just using Akers' zero down back. Henderson is a third down back, and you can't play either one of them. And it's not like the the... Panthers have some like terrible defense either so I'd probably just bench both and it's unfortunate because it's a great spot the game of the week is up next Bills at Chiefs 54 point total Bills two and a half point road favorites for the Bills Singletary is the only back you're really considering here 
Uh, obviously, the floor is low. They scored 38 points last week. They had a positive game script the entire game, I mean they won by 35. And yet Singletary had six carries and one reception. This is a pass first, second, and third team. And Josh Allen is their goal line back. Any running back is going to have a floor of like two points every week and not that high of a ceiling because it's pretty unlikely someone not named Josh Allen scores a touchdown. So the upside's still there because it's a good game environment. He could see around six to eight carries. He's got about, you know, a 30% chance of scoring. But really the upside is, are the Bills playing from behind at any point? Can he rack up, you know, four or five receptions? That would be the upside for Singletary. But honestly, like the preference would be you don't play any Bills running back. For the Chiefs, uh, their usage honestly has depended on the week. You can't trust McKinnon. You can't trust Pacheco. But like how much they take and really who takes from Clyde has kind of changed every week. So Clyde's the only one you're starting. But even he, you know, he's only going to see maybe like 10 to 14 opportunities in a really difficult spot against the Bills. Uh, I mean, he's the same as Singletary, honestly. It's you hope he racks up receptions. You hope he falls into the end zone. Obviously, both are very scoring dependent running back twos. But I'll say Clyde has a much better chance of scoring. Right, they actually feature Clyde when they get close. Whereas for Singletary, like they just they don't even consider their running backs when the Bills get close. Josh Allen will run it in if they really need to run it. Uh, at least for Kansas City, like Clyde could run it in. Clyde could be used on like a design screen pass or something like that. So Clyde would be the better play. Uh, but again, both are really touchdown dependent. Sunday night game, Cowboys at Eagles, forty-two and a half point total. Uh, Eagles are five point home favorites for the Cowboys. This is a bad spot as a road underdog with, honestly, like two running backs that are just splitting the workload. Zeke is the most valuable because he's used more and he's more likely to be used at the goal line, but neither is all that appealing of a play this week. Uh, I would just definitely like rather bench both Zeke and Pollard. Then for the Eagles, Miles Sanders has seen his snap percentage rise in every single week, and he has touch counts of 15, 20, 16, 29, and 17 so far this season. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is going to steal a bunch of rushing touchdowns, but you're playing a lead running back, getting at worst 15 touches in every game as a home favorite. Like, that's just someone you're absolutely playing. Final game of the week, Monday Night Football. Uh, For the millionth time, we're going to get a Denver game. I don't know why every single week we have Denver playing in prime time. Whoever did that needs to be fired. This week, we've got the Broncos at the Chargers. 45.5 point total. Chargers, 5 point home favorites. For the Broncos, Melvin Gordon played 56% of the snaps last week and was given 15 carries and 3 targets. So that's great. The thing is, the play volume is elevated because of the overtime game. And then Latavius Murray had just joined the team, so he was inactive. I really wouldn't feel all that comfortable playing any Broncos running back this week. It could be a three-man committee. Like, the Chargers have a bad run defense, and so it's possible that the Broncos, you know, lean on the run. It's also possible at some point the Broncos look at least okay on offense. But especially if Murray is active, I would not be surprised if it's a gross split where they're rotating drives and really none of them should be in your starting lineup. Then for the Chargers... It's obvious, always start Austin Eckler. Don't play any other Chargers running back. So that's a breakdown of every backfield this week. My exact rankings and projections are up on the site, thefencefootballadvice.com. And there's a free 
game-by-game game breakdown linked in the description as well. I'll be back tomorrow. Do the same thing as wide receivers. Saturday, let's go over my favorite plays this week. That, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.